how you do a season finale. Am I right? You are correct. Oh boy. Wow. (laughs) I am so happy right now and I feel like from like the beginning of the episode until now, like I can't stop smiling. Yes. It's like, like, okay. I, I, I appreciate your expression of that emotion. My expression right now is just a complete like ease. Like a complete, <laughs> like I feel so relaxed. Like everything's going to be okay. Yes. Which makes no sense because from the looks of it, the last season of Supernatural is just going to be the apocalypse. And I'm so excited. But that's why. That's why. It's because it's so fucking perfect. Yeah. Like I, I was saving this. Like we were very talkative today while watching the episode, which is semi-rare. Like sometimes we're talking. It's because neither of us are like completely falling dead. down exhausted. Yes, which I don't know how I'm not because I worked today, yeah, but it's fine. Impressive. I just, yeah, I just had a lot of caffeine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but what I did try and save was the fact that realistically, this was the only way to end the show. Yes. Like, now that we know that this is how they're going to end it, like, I can't imagine any other way of doing it. Yes. Because th- there is one four-letter word for it. Epic. Yes. You have to go out with a bang. And it needs to be a, a, a big, literal big bang. Like, it needs to be something grandiose that isn't just grandiose for Sam and Dean. It needs to be on... it. it it is beyond the level of anything that we've seen before. Yes. Because, you know, we've talked so much on this podcast and outside of it. And, you know, uh, um, uh, us, as well as I'm sure our listeners can attest to this, has seen a lot of talk of this on Tumblr and social about how, you know, we accept Supernatural for what it is in its kind of like tired somewhat overdone you know high stakes but like not really high stakes anymore because it's been done so much we finally reached the point where the stakes are as high as they can get which I think I I don't know if it was me or if it was you but I feel like we kind of expressed that sentiment last season about talking about how when and if the show because we didn't know at the time when and if the show ends like it needs to be I think it was me that was saying it because mm-hmm. of the face that you're making. I, I mean, granted, like, I don't remember yesterday. I don't remember That's last fair. week. That's so, totally like, fair. I could have said morning? it. This <laughs> morning? Do you remember this morning? No. No. <laughs> That's totally fair. Um, uh, anyways, I'm pretty sure that I relayed to some sort of effect that, you know, whatever the ending is. And I was even thinking about just on, like, the finale scale, like the series finale. I'm not even, in my head, I'm not even thinking of the last season. Like as a whole, you're just Mm -hmm. kind of thinking of the last episode. Yeah. Or the last two episodes. Like even um, the episode of the podcast that you guys are going to listen to next week. (laughs) Spoilers. um, We focused on, for that little game that we played, we focused on the finale episode. Although we did kind of creep in some discussion of the season as a whole. Mm -hmm. It was... You know, it was primarily focused on that moment, right? That, like, impetus of, like, you know, oh, how are we going to feel after it's, like, the last frame, you know, like, the last scene, the last frame, the last word that's spoken yeah. by these characters. Um, 
that just made me really sad. Um, Why did I do that to myself and to us? That's just mean. Um, But it's, it's about the scale of the whole season. The whole season should really be heightened. And it's gonna be. Like, that's brilliant. They, they, they took it to where it needed to go. That being said, I, like, I don't think that we can assume that the whole season is just going to be the apocalypse. Like, you never know if it's going to be, when it's going to be resolved or if something else is going to come up. I would agree with you if last season, if next season wasn't the last ever season. Yes. And the tone and the way that the end of this episode was shot. It feels different. It does feel different. And I think it's going to be different. I just don't know. How? If the whole season is going to be the apocalypse. Don't forget we're 20. It's 20 episodes again. Yeah. Right. And also too, I think that. It, well, it's that thing too of like, well, what does the what does the apocalypse mean to you? Kind of thing, right? Um, Where were you when the apocalypse happened? <laughs> exactly. Um, that's a good podcast title, <laughs> a potential one. Um, it's just so like it's that thing. It's the difference between in our, the very first apocalypse, right? Season yeah. six. Or season five, sorry, like season five slash six, we're kind of like seeing, and again, not really seeing, more hearing on radios, like, oh, earthquakes, this, this. We're seeing it. We've been shown it. And so I feel like it's more about the fact that it's going to be more visible throughout the season. Like, I honestly don't think it's going to be resolved. I really don't. Yeah. I I honestly, genuinely, like, even as I say it, I'm like, it's probably, she's probably right. They're going to fuck it up. (laughs) But like... To set that groundwork of Chuck being like, okay, fine then. You know, like, we're done. Mm-hmm. And this is not just any apocalypse. This is literally the end of existence. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, it is, like, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it could be even a situation where we're not just seeing Earth, but we're also seeing hell and we're seeing heaven, yeah. too. So, like, that could fill in the gaps in terms of it being, like, intense all the time. Because mm-hmm. I understand maybe that criticism. Yeah. Well, I think my thing is just, it's, like, 20%, like, just not having, like, as a personal thing, like, not having expectations. That's fair. Um, but honestly, I think a big part of it is actually me trusting the writers at this point which I am maybe going to regret but I feel like what this finale gave me was trusting the writers again and being like okay but that's what I mean yeah like from my perspective but what I mean is that like a I trust the writers because they and it's because they gave me something that I didn't expect yes like I, I did not expect no. literally anything Any of this. that happened yeah. in this episode. So the logical leap that I'm then making is that I don't know what to expect for yes. next season. True. So if I'm able to be like, oh, it's the apocalypse. So that's going to be next season. Um, logically, I'm like, okay, I expect them to surprise me. Yes. So I can't count on like my own expectations of what's going to happen. It's like, who knows where it's going to go. And I think the other wild card is Billy and Jack. Yes. 
And so like, but just to kind of go back for a second on what you were saying about expectations and surprising and everything. Mm -hmm. And especially with this episode, the expectations that we may or may not have had, um, which I, I don't, you can speak for yourself, but for me was very much based on um, your pointing out a couple of weeks ago of the la- the name of the episode yeah. and like what that mm-hmm. was referring to, which Chuck explicitly yeah. referenced, right? Which is uh, Abraham and Isaac, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my expectations were built on that. Yeah. And all of them were subverted. They weren't not met. Yeah. They were presented. Yeah. But they kept going back and forth. Like I was expecting it to be like, oh, Chuck's going to stand back and be like, no, Dean's going to make the right decision on his own. Yeah. And then, right? like, no. and then he was like, no. And like literally even just as I say that, I get like I, I'm cringing. I'm mm-hmm. like, like my whole body is tight. <laughs> so I think I had the exact opposite reaction <laughs> to you. Okay. And and I was also wrong. But my right. reaction during that scene in my head, because I didn't say it because I was like, this is going to piss Kira off if I say this. Uh, uh-oh. But, but what I was thinking was, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Because. It wouldn't have pissed me off. Okay. Well, I just didn't want to say, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. That's fair. I just didn't want to disrupt the moment like that because okay. it was a tense moment. That's true. Um, but what I thought was going to happen was that... And I really, I really wildly extrapolated in my brain about this, um, that Dean would do it. Right. And that it would actually be a gun to restore Jack's soul. Right. And or, that, or it just wouldn't work. Yeah. Or, or. But, that, but that it would be like souls are complicated. Right. So like some somehow like you couldn't know that you were doing it like – and that somehow magically, like, Chuck had orchestrated it so that, like, no one could know what they were doing, but they had to do this thing. And it was like, oh, uh, and then it would be like, oh, everything's magically better. Um, Chuck is a writer. Yes. Writers lie. Yeah. Uh, both as writers, we can. Yeah, yes. But we're professional liars, for sure. <laughs> 100%. No, professional liars. Like, that's the point. Right? It's it's fiction. Um, So when... Chuck says that souls are complicated. I call bullshit because he also said that the gun was the only way to kill Jack. True. So, and when he, uh, there's just so much, there's so much to go through. Yeah. I fully, like, I kind of agree with you. Right. But like, to me, the souls are complicated thing was like, him kind of lying, but I think that was like a, he actually can't make souls and he's not responsible for them at all. And How? I don't know. But like but that literally doesn't make any sense if you go from the the uh, perspective of him, him being omniscient and the creator of all. Yes, but I'm like, what if he's not the creator of everything? That's a good point. Like the, like the, the, so where, what I, where I went with him lying about that is him being uncomfortable that he doesn't have that power i guess that's one way of and reading being it. like because it's like if souls are complicated like I, then why but, wouldn't you know, but then you're kind of begging the question because you're answering the question with the question yes you are because you're saying like oh well if souls are complicated then they're complicated like it's not well i guess you know what i mean like um, because he's the one that he, he if, if you're going by the proposition that like he's not the one that's making or has ever made souls mm-hmm. 
and that there's something above him, then why is he, you know, able to just prance around and act like the trickster? Well, so, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, why is this all just like a game for him? I'm going to get real esoteric here. Oh, that's the, I, I, I feel like we've already gone there, but go for it. <laughs> I'm proposing a Gnostic demiurge situation. Okay. So in Gnosticism, uh, one of their main tenets is a dualism. Um, but you get that with him and Amara. Yes, but this is a different dualism. Okay. So um, the Gnostic dualism is basically like a wild reinterpretation of the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. Okay. And it's based on this thing of how it's kind of hard to reconcile the God of the Old Testament with the God of love of the New Testament. Right. Um, And what Gnostics said was that there's an ultimate overarching um, God of love and then a lower demiurge. And I forget if they think that the demiurge created the world or not, Um, but the demiurge either created the world or didn't, but he's the God of the Old Testament who's petty and violent and like all this stuff. But the real upper God is this like, benevolent god of love that like doesn't really meddle but is just anyway you look like you want to say something oh i'm excited because you're just giving the perfect segue and the Mm -hmm. perfect validity Mm -hmm. to one of my theories for the end of this season slash next season that involves jack okay so stick with me here okay i'm gonna try and make it concise so one of the shots that we saw Mm -hmm. after he died was him waking up in the empty, the empty there doing that really fucking awesome smile. Like, I love that. That was, was so, so good. Oh, no, it was awesome. I love it. And then Billy showing up. And I made the comment of like, oh, because they both want him because he's half human still technically. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's it. Chuck was making some comments about Billy. Mm-hmm. The empty has been a little disruptive as of late because of chuck's bullshit yeah really yeah it it is because of chuck so maybe they want someone else in charge maybe they want jack in charge maybe jack is going to become the new god or as you say young jesus (laughs) or as you say the the higher yeah right because Again, we have to like <laughs> Chuck's the unreliable narrator in this situation. Yeah. Um, or unreliable character, if you will. Um, you know, he can he can say that he's afraid of Jack, but is he? Isn't he? Who, Who knows? knows? Right? Like how powerful can Jack actually be? Yeah. Right? From what we we can tell, he's at least as powerful as Chuck. Yeah. Maybe not in the same way, not quite. He doesn't have his training wheels off in terms of like, you know, the snap of a finger. He do, he's not as aware of his powers, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he has the capacity because even though he might not have the soul anymore, he's learned from his mistakes. He mm-hmm. even said it like, talk about subverting expectation, but I don't know about you, but when he like got really angry at his grandmother, I thought... Yeah. We were going to see her blown up. But no, he just ran away. Mm -hmm. He got angry. He cooled down. And he was like, I need to remove myself from the situation. And then he was 
like he was willing to get down on his knees and be executed by Dean. Yeah. Because there's a part of him that knows, you know, and you can't have Jack sitting, you know, on a at a fountain with Cass talking about how he understands how Cass loves him, but can't answer to that. When Cass also doesn't have a soul. Yeah, exactly. So you have to ask yourself, right? Or I will ask myself. I will ask you. I will ask Mm -hmm. our listeners. Does that mean that he's maybe in more of a Nirvana type space? Where it's beyond emotion, beyond physical attachment. Which Chuck hasn't ever been. Mm -hmm. Really, right? Maybe Chuck is Old Testament God and maybe Jack is New Testament God. You never know. Do we want to go back to the beginning of the episode? Maybe. <laughs> we didn't even say our names or anything. You know who we are. It's fine. I know. I, I was I was going to try and like jump in and, and do I that. I know. I kept and then, trying. And to, then I too. was like, yeah, eh. if they don't know by now. Yeah. Sorry, guys, if you really <laughs> wanted us to say our names. If you're time. a new listener, my name is Kira. I'm Sally. And A plus for getting 17 minutes in without any of that kind of introduction. <laughs> Um, and also, if it isn't obvious, we are also watching or have oh, yeah, watched, we watched and are talking about um, the finale of season 14 titled Mariah, which is a reference to <laughs> the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis, yeah. which Chuck explicitly said. Yes. OK, so let's go back to the beginning of the episode. How what happened again? again? <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. Um, oh, man. Oh, it, oh we were in yes. the bunker. It picked right up from, yeah. from last episode. Yeah. Um, and then Jack leaves, and they're like, oh, no, we have to go find him. Yes. Um, they wear their sexy suits. Yeah. And they go to... And then to they can't... They go to Mirror, mirror universe, universe. Which is nice. Yep. Um, and Jack has already been there. And no one can lie. On the planet. No one yeah. can lie. My name is Dean Winchester, and I'm looking for the son of the devil. So good. So good. <laughs> and so this is the thing about this episode, where, like, I wasn't expecting it to be that funny. Yes. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It was great. I loved yeah, it. Like, yeah. I, I love it when they use humor effectively yes. in high stakes, like, situations. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just boring. And this this time around felt the best. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I said it while we were watching, and I will say it again. When Dean says son of a bitch in response to Sam talking about, oh, yeah. you know, like, Jack or whatever, when they're in, um, uh, that very Mirror realistic, universe. that very realistic startup tech company. Uh, <laughs> gag noise. Um, that like that is my that will always be from now on and until the end of time. My favorite son of a bitch. Just the way that he like it was. It's always different every time. Yep. But there was just something so specific about that. It was. It great. was like it was a dad son of a bitch. That's what it was. Yeah. It was like. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, it was just... Uh, also, speaking of dads... Daddies. Dean being on Tinder. 
Oh, it's the best. But see, I love how you picked that up. And I was just like, huh, is he on Instagram? Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's just, it's one of my favorite recurring plot elements. Yes. Of yeah. him just like struggling to be on a dating app yeah. as a 40-year-old. I know. Because the thing about it oh, no. that I forget. Is they're old. Is they're old. Because it's not just that Jensen is 40 in real life. It's that Dean. Dean is 40. Exactly. So it's not like... It's not one of those situations that we always get into where it's just like 20-year-olds playing high school students. Yeah. They are actually the age. Like, their birthdays yeah. are very similar to the birthdays of the characters. Yeah. So. And it's not like, ooh, haha, they're so old. They're 30. Yeah. Like, not that 40 <laughs> is old, but like... It isn't. But because it's like when you think like, oh, yeah, Dean Winchester on Tinder, it's not really that funny until you're like a 40 year old dude who drives a classic car and wears plaid on Tinder. Hey, man, I like I was trying to be like you, but I was just well, it's like, not you. It's just ew. like 40, like no yeah. offense, but like 40 year olds don't know how to use Tinder. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, and that's what we're witnessing. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. Like, it's not like I wouldn't swipe right on him, but like... <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do with that. <laughs> like, he probably... He's... I'm like, is he one of those people who uses a lot of, like, abbreviations? Because, right. you know, there are some, like, older people who use a lot of abbreviations. Yeah. Or does he, like, not know how to capitalize properly? Or, oh, like, you no. know, you're just like, who knows? Yes. Anything is possible. Anyway, that's kind of besides the point, but I enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> Nothing is besides the point. That should be our tagline. Oh. Nothing is besides the point. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like it fits. And then Chuck shows up. Can we rewind a little bit yes. more? Or no, no, sorry, no, we're on track. I was trying. I forgot when things happen. <laughs> I know it's hard. Well, it's because yes. the ending, like the episode, was so oh, it's good. So, like the episode puck. was so good, but then the ending like wiped out my memory of yes. everything that had come before. Legit, like I just have burned into my retinas the image of that like wide shot zoom out fucking epic. BS, like, thank you, Phil Sagrisha. Yep. Of, like, just this, like, horde of zombies just enveloping I the three zombies. of them. I like, love zombies oh. so much. Zombies are the best. Yeah. Um. So, Cass. I have so many problems. It's sorry. okay. Yeah, so it's do I. So do I. Because of where my brain went. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> do you want to know? Yeah, I want to know. Oh, zombies. Oh, The Walking Dead. Oh, right. Billie Eilish wrote a song about The Walking Dead. <laughs> that was literally my train of thought. It's, I have a problem. It's okay. We Because my brain went to, we were like, I love zombies. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I was going to write a zombie romance novel there once. You go. Because you still should. vampires represent a fear of the elite. So vampire romance novels um, represent like aspiration towards the elite yes. whereas zombies represent a fear of the masses so then what does a romance novel about zombies say about our relationship to the masses and that's the little tangent that my brain went on yes did you ever see warm bodies i did not you should is i think it, you would a I, zombie romance yes oh yeah it's and it's based on a book so there is a book and then there's the um movie i think it's actually Teresa palmer that's actually in it that's where i recognize her from anyway <laughs> And it's actually like, it's one of those movies where it's like you see it come out and then you're kind of like, oh, and it was post Twilight and everything too. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, they're just like milking it. But then you watch it and you're like, this is actually 
good. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I think it plays on some of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So back to so, the show. Yeah. Um, Cass is just chilling in an alley. Oh, he's trying to get into hell. Yes. That was cute. To inspect the cage. Yeah. Which is Ooh. just like, yeah, that that, oh, that yeah. was something that we brought up. Yes. Yeah. At um, some point in the last few weeks. And then Chuck shows up and mm-hmm. we're so happy to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. Not for long. Oh, my God. Um, this is one of the most meta episodes. One. That this show has had in a long time. In a very long time. I, I would... I would argue to say it's the most meta in ter- like meta fictional in terms yeah. of like storytelling. Yes. You know, like probably the most meta in terms of blurring the lines between reality and fiction would be like French mistake. Yes. Because you have different yeah. like varieties of meta fiction. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is just like so much like 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 peeling back the layers of the onion and showing this the skeleton yeah the underpinnings of story of storytelling and the reality of like killing your darlings the Mm -hmm. reality of like viewing your creations sorry i'm going on a tangent viewing (laughs) your creations as real things or as playthings, Mm -hmm. like and what that does to those things yeah and also just on a level of like commenting and being critical on the thing exactly that you're watching like, like the the British Men of Letters? Yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, man. What happened? So Chuck shows up. So Chuck shows up, and then they go to the startup together. Yes. The guitar bit was Oh, that fantastic. was so um, I was like, really? Because that, that, okay, see, that's where you get good representations of comedy. Yes. Is where you get this, like, buildup of comedy and this, like, the, it, it. It does it, you know, the comedy in threes, that, like, standard thing. And I have an argument that there's, like, a thing about storytelling. You storytell in threes as well. Yeah. That's why you have a beginning, middle, end. It's, like, it's that kind of thing. It's that repetition. And then it subverts you by, like, creating an incredibly emotional, raw moment. Yes. Um, And, like, I mean, you said it, but, like, every single moment in this episode was subverted. Yes. Every single thing that you thought was going to happen didn't. Yeah, every motivation, yeah, every like, just like thought. Yeah, like I literally, like I did not expect a single thing. No, that happened no, in this whatsoever. episode, except for maybe Jack dying. Yeah, but, I think. But even, it but got to in that, the moment, I didn't expect. Yes, it. and also too, like speaking of like you know the ending happening and then everything getting away from your brain, it's that kind of thing of like. Yeah, going into it, I'm like, okay, Jack might die. I, like, I don't even know if I did think that because I'm just like, how? You know, kind of like, yeah. they make it seem so impossible. And like, now they're going to all of a sudden make it impossible, which is what Chuck referenced, the Deus Ex, Deus Ex Machina yeah. thing, right? You know? Um, so yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, trying not to do all the talking. That's a-okay. I Like, I don't really have a lot to like say until we get to the gun. Yes. So let's let's go there. So, let's go there. Um I totally thought that they were going to go in the death button direction, which was right. there's this proposition like it's one of those like ooh, would yes. you do it where it's like if you press a button to like get a million dollars or like yeah. end world hunger or whatever, but one person dies and it's a random person and it yeah. could be someone you loved, it could be anyone. Yes. Would you do it? Yeah. And I kind of thought that it was going in that direction. Which it kind of, it's Which a it little, it's a little bit more, yeah, like not more obvious, if yeah. you will. Like, you know what's going to happen. Um, 
I thought it was going to go in that direction. Right. Um, but I liked the direction that it went right. in. Right. Um, and what? No, no, no. no. Go okay. Ahead. Go ahead. That setup was just like... Ugh, I'm like losing my train of thought. So talking about the gun. Yeah. Well, like I'm not lo- like I'm just like losing not even my train of thought, just like my like things that I had to say. Okay, how would I say what I just realized? Yes. So you were talking about how one of your theories or expectations as we were watching was that the gun to to kind of keep it yeah. on track. Uh that Gene would Dean would uh fire it and it would restore Jack's soul. Yeah. Right? So Chuck specifically said that it doesn't have bullets, mm-hmm. right? It's about, you know, a multi-dimensional wavelength dimension thingy, right? Yeah. It basically just whatever happens to the person that you're firing at yeah. happens to the person doing the firing. When Sam fired the quote-unquote gun that kills anything yeah. at Chuck, it fired a bullet into his shoulder. Mm-hmm. There isn't supposed to be any bullets. So, there wasn't any bullets in the chamber. So, yeah. where did the bullet come from? Magic? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that the gun does whatever you want oh, it to do deep down. It's like the gun of requirement. Yeah, it's like the, the gun of deep desire, mm-hmm. right? The gun of error. And so, if... Dean were to fire it, mm-hmm. what he would really want is for Jack to be okay again. Yeah. If Sam were to fire it, mm-hmm. definitely, it would be for Jack to be okay again. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about, or I mentioned briefly, you didn't say whether you agreed or disagreed, um, which you can now. Um, but I stated, oh, so Chuck was the villain of the season yes, all along. which I agree. Okay. But being a writer... It's a little offensive. No, I'm kidding. Um, take no offense to it at all. Um, but what he started going on about was story. Yes. And them subverting his expectations. Them not doing what he wanted. Yeah. Or what he expected them to do. And he's never been like that before. He's never had to be. What do you mean he's never been like what before? He's never ha- he's never been like that. He's never been like, wait, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ever. We've never seen him like that in this context. Yeah. Right? And so that leads me to believe that he wasn't necessarily all about killing Jack, if that makes sense. Like, I know that that's what he ended up doing. Yeah. But that felt, for lack of a better word, and like, let's roll with the pun, spiteful. Yeah. You know, he smited him. Yeah. Well, and like what I got from that scene so was that he was mad because he wanted to watch something entertaining. Taining. Yeah. Um, even his face and like Sam clocked it like he was he was like, are you enjoying this? Yeah. And like when that exchange happened, I I started like in a good way. Yeah. Felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, like, like all these years just like falling in love with chuck and rob benedict and just having that like mm-hmm. rug ripped under yeah. you oh it's so fucking good yeah well and it's like we knew all along ah! that he was kind of petty 
Um, yeah. Side note also, the scene immediately before, well, that scene where they're like yelling at Chuck. Yes. Um, like, I don't know if, if you got this when we were, wa- like, what I said when we were watching, but, like, when Sam was, like, it just keeps going and going and it's our lives. When is it going to end? end? And, and I was, like, season 15. 15. Because that whole thing was, yeah. it was, it was that scene in The French Mistake where they're, like, who would want to watch our lives? Yeah. But it's, like, that scene magnified. Yes. By, like, a million. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, where was I going with this? Um, yeah, like, w- when you were talking, I was like 100% getting in my head about it. Where like, ultimately, I think that at this point, Chuck is the bad guy. Yes. Um, but there's a part of me that, and I mean, he would oh, still be point. the bad guy. Yeah. Yes. But there's a part of me that's just like, but wait, what if this was part of his larger plan? Like what? Like yes. where it's like you can keep going and going with, but like. But what if it's this? But what if it's this? But what if it's this? But like I, I, you can tell me if there is like kind of an equivalent uh, to to this. But it's almost like the opposite of the sympathy for the devil. Like you're kind of like you know, oh, I like it's like a um, the understanding that you can have of Lucifer to a certain point of like him being what he is because of what he was put through. Yeah, and like kind of the reverse of that of being like. Oh, but give God a chance. Like there is, yes, you know, yes. it's all in God's plan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the really fascinating thing that I think we talked about before, but this episode really like solidified um, my position on like Supernatural's position on this. Right. Um, but talking about the problem of evil. Yes. And Which I love. the solutions that people come up with. It's something um, I have actually read. Yeah. <laughs> that we've both um, read. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I I took a philosophy of religion class. We had a mm-hmm. whole like section on the problem of evil. And it's basically just like, how can a God that is omnipotent, omnipresent, omnibenevolent, and there might be one other omni that I forget, yes. am forgetting. So about. wait, uh, omnipresent, mm-hmm. omnibenevolent, omnipotent, omnipotent. Yeah, there is a fourth yeah. one, but I don't even think it's Omni. I think it's something okay. else. Either way, so it's like, how can this god allow there to be evil in the world? Yes. And Supernatural's solution to the problem is of evil is he's not omnibenevolent. Right. Which I think is fantastic that but they have just, so, like, because... Do the, you really think that, though? I don't know. But, like, okay, but, but even in, as, but it, in as this it moment, as it stands... That is how they've solved the problem of evil. Because it's like, why does evil exist in the world? Because God is not omnibenevolent. God could fix all of the um, problems. Okay, so but- here's here's the breakdown. A very handy uh, slideshow Ooh. breakdown of the problem of evil. Um, if God is uh, supremely uh, good, then he has a desire to emulate, em- eliminate evil. Uh, omni, so supremely good, omnipotent, omniscient omniscient Um, omniscient thank you oh so he knows everything yes so he is supremely good he is unkillable omnipotent um everything is within his power everything so he can do anything and he knows everything so yeah it is only three okay yeah but then it like it gets broken down because it's a if then it's um a logic problem Mm -hmm. um so yeah, yeah anyway to me to me at least like 
but it's that thing of like what is your that i know it defines it in the the problem of evil because it is a proper thesis like it is a proper hypothetical like paper um so i'm pretty sure it does go into the definition of defining supremely good Mm -hmm. and my recollection of it again we're talking about a few years ago Mm -hmm. because it was a metaphysics class like six years ago um my memory is that supremely good isn't the same as like our definition of good or the colloquial like assumption of good yes so in this in the sense of like so like him fucking with them yeah it's shitty yeah but that it's not not bad I think that that would fall under the definition of, like... Being a dick? Like, fucking with people <laughs> is not... Like, people who are omnibenevolent don't fuck with people. Okay. Okay, like, that's it, fair. That's, that's my... And honestly, that's why people struggle so much with certain parts of the Old Testament. Right. Because in the Old Testament, God is a petty bastard. Yeah. And that doesn't fit in with... Right. Omnibenevolent. Yeah. Um. Either way, I thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. that that seems to be their in-universe explanation yes of why evil exists basically yeah um and i was like huh interesting interesting." yeah um it's almost that thing of like it starts at the source yes in a way yeah because if you think about it and talk about sympathy for the devil is if he didn't you know not pay attention like if he paid attention to lucifer and didn't just pour all of his dedication into humanity and hold humanity up on this weird pedestal, which now doesn't fit with the current yeah. representation of him. This is why it's like, it is that problem of faith. Mm-hmm. It is genuinely a problem of faith in terms of, and that, and I actually thought of that earlier when we were, when I was talking about, you know, whether or not to believe in him it's, yeah. it is that yeah. thing it's that like genuine i'm sorry i'm very for any religious people listening to this podcast i do apologize because <laughs> i'm not used to this <laughs> um of like do we have faith in chuck yeah. that he is going to all of a sudden it's going to be like no never mind just kidding mm-hmm. i did love you guys the best and like yeah you know and there's always going to be that seed of doubt like even right. for me watching it where i'm like yeah he's a jerk like yeah. it's because he's God, you never know. But my question to you then, mm-hmm. and I'll answer after you for myself. Before this episode, did you ever look at him that way in terms of supernatural? What do you mean? As a jerk. I looked at him as negligent. Okay. But not in this. This is negligent. This, this is new. This, this is, is new. vindictive. Yeah, well... I don't even think it's vindictive. It's, um, ugh, what word am I looking for? It's yeah, maybe vindictive is not the right word. Voyeuristic is also the wrong word. Yeah. But it's closer to what I mean. Um, Remo- sadistic. Sadistic. Yeah, we Like, because he's taking yeah, pleasure and he's from removed. other people's suffering. Totally sadistic. Yes, that is a very good way of putting it. And, like, I feel like the pinnacle of that mm-hmm. is when Sam calls him out when they're in the bunker alone. Yeah. Right? Like, right, like, as the cli- we're getting to the climax of the episode. Um, and he goes, like, you know, how many universes are there? Oh, I lost count. Yeah. You know, oh, Michael said this. Mm-hmm. You know, is it true? Oh, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you even, like, care about And then Chuck actually says, oh, out of all of the Sams and Deans, I like you the best. Yeah. That's sadistic. Yeah. 
That is 100% a dick move. Because then also, too, that confirms something like a, or disproves a theory that I had, which is that this was the only universe with Sam and Dean in it. Yeah. Which is obviously not the case, which I know like in, in the grand scheme of things, especially if you're talking about like actual quantum theory and multiverse stuff, which is my, my realm mm-hmm. of expertise in this podcast. <laughs> um, not saying that you don't have any oh, I branch have in it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yay, sweet. I feel a little bit more balanced in terms of our like education. <laughs> Miss religion studies major um when it comes to like metaphysics and multiverse and all kind of stuff it's all about probability it's all about statistics and the probability of there only being one universe where sam and dean exist is a little bit of like a paradox and a problem similar to the problem of evil or or you know a problem of faith or a, a crisis of faith in the sense that technically there is a statistical possibility for there only to be one universe that doesn't have yellow but like to not have a singular thing but it's also like that is very peculiar and it almost is more consistent sorry i'm rambling there's it's almost more consistent with that idea of and i said this while we were watching and especially the scene which is yeah he says oh i lost count no it's because it's infinite yeah like that that means that it's infinite because for there to be any other opportunity for them to either not or to exist it would have to be infinite. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and thinking about that, um, it's like we have this physical representation of God as a man right. on the show, but it's like, that's he not is, God. Like, yeah. it, it's like, that's that's not what he actually looks, looks like. like you know, or we is. All, or he is. is playing a character in his own yeah. story. That's and, why he insists on being called Chuck. Yeah. And it's like you can think about, you know, Chuck sitting there making different worlds. Yes. But. That's not the reality. That's not the reality, no. you know. And I feel like the the image that I just got was like God thinking in holograms. Yeah. You know, or like fractal, like or whatever it is, you know. like Which is you're literally like hammer to nail. Yeah. Because Thank you. Um, the latest kind of developments, and especially since we got the first ever photograph of a black hole. So black holes confirmed. That's another, mm-hmm. you know, part of the theory of relativity and, and Einstein's uh, contributions to it that have been confirmed. Um, there is a lot of talk now about how we're living in a hologram universe. You know, that we're actually like because of our perception and also like. But like stuff beyond that, that we're actually like smushed in a sense. And so like that is very like conducive to the new ways that we're learning to explain our reality. Yeah, um, I love it. It's funny because I was going to say something as a point. And now that we just had that conversation, I almost want to take it back. But I'm going to say it anyway. No, say it anyway. So like... I'll say it and then I'll say my like counterpoint that I just right. thought Is of. it because it kind of like fell fell to the wayside from You'll what we see. were talking? Okay. You'll see. Okay. So because what I was going to say is that one thing that I really loved about this episode is how they really leaned into God being God. Yes. Like they really, you know, they like didn't genuinely. waste that character because no. it's like a lot of the times you have characters with huge powers and then it's like they do a couple of things, but they don't really maximize their power. Yes. And we had him, you know, and previous times when we've seen Chuck, he also hasn't maximized his power. You know, no. the whole thing with Amara, like he seemed kind of powerless 
in the face of her for that entire plot line. We never saw him. Yeah. We can say now by yeah. choice. Yeah. But it's like we never saw him really do something godlike. Yes. Really that This was much. like and this was full like, power. You know, and that makes for really interesting story choices because it's like when a problem can be solved by you know deus ex machina then it's like what's the conflict so it opens up new opportunities for more interesting conflicts when you're just like oh everyone's telling truth and there's a riot boom stopped it like oh we're in one place now we're in another place like oh my plan was foiled because you didn't shoot jack okay i'll just burn him up you know like he was able to use his god powers to do all this stuff that we thought was impossible mm-hmm. and that we thought was going to be like the conflict in the story. And he was just like, you know. Yeah. Um, but. It's all about the snap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> By the way, we're recording this on the day that Endgame comes out. Oh, yeah. I don't get to see it until Wednesday. Oh, no. My roommate saw it last night. Sorry. It. I am. I'm fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that, that's what, that's what my thought was. And Mm -hmm. I still kind of stand by that. Um, but just our whole conversation about like holograms and black holes. I'm like, I wish they went further, you know, like I, but that's what I mean is I think that that's the plan. I hope it fucking does. Because like when you read like mystics accounts of their encounters with God, when you read all this stuff, it sounds like like an LSD trip. It sounds like an LSD trip and it's terrifying. And it's like, and it's nothing you've ever seen before. And Chuck is, we've, he's just a dude with scruffy hair, you know, like, um, so. And it's not like, like recently they've done very interesting representations of those higher level abstract forms. Yeah. With the empty. Yeah. So, you know, and, and we get that like really cool juxtaposition. Yay, finally use that word in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> at least once an episode, right? Right. Um, of having Billy, which is kind of that very like, like as close to those abstract notions that like we come to as humans because mm-hmm. you can't have life without death, yeah. right? And she's anthrop- anthropomorphic, yes. right? Um, and then the complete reverse which is like the state of being for dead angels right like that's so like it's it's so antithetical that it's not even an opposite yeah right like it's just so above the realm of what we're used to encountering mm-hmm. like it's even like heaven like what like heaven's just another dimension yeah and arguably so is the empty but the empty becomes a, a sentient being yeah. as well so it's that like weird thing and so I feel like yeah they could totally go to very interesting places and I finally get now why I think several of them I I I, I'm not gonna say uh which of the actors because I can't remember if it was just one of them or all of them but I think it might have been Jensen that said like and I quote like they really pulled out all the stops and it's just like it's true yeah you know and like there's no way that they don't know what like Dab and Singer are planning for the final season. Yeah. I'm sure they have like a pretty good idea yeah. of how it's going to go. Um, and so for them to kind of like say that in line with that, like I, I, again, it's not, for me, it's not about expectation. It's more about, and like I'm, I'm with you in terms of surprise. That's why I'm willing to like assume 
that what we're heading into is a season-long journey yes in this like new world where it's not going to be resolved within the first few episodes like it feels like impossible why would you as a writer speaking of writers why would you as a writer take that golden opportunity Mm -hmm. of an ending yeah and like snuff it out before you end it that would feel so weird and they have like yeah i know they have a track record of that but they have a track record because they've come back season after season and the thing is that they have a track record like for reasons and this season they have none of those reasons Mm -hmm. this season they can do whatever whatever they want want. like they don't have to worry about ratings yeah they don't have to worry about like a milestone episode where Dean needs to not be a demon anymore. Exactly. They don't need to worry about anything. And I am so excited. Yeah. I just, honestly, I'm just like at this point, I, they have won back my trust Mm -hmm. completely. And I'm just like, I have no idea what to expect. I know it's going to be good. Yep. But who knows? Yep. We'll find out. Yeah. 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 Um, just for like the ending, I, I was so I I that was so out of left field. Like, did you find that like really surprising? Like in a good way. Like, like do you mean in general or like a specific like point? the apocalypse? <laughs> yes and no because part of me, well, it was that thing where. It's like, okay, I know where this is going in the sense of like, okay, I knew that it was going to be one of them that grabs the gun and shoots Chuck. Like, I knew that was going to happen. I'm like, if that doesn't happen, I will be be more surprised of it not happening. Yeah. Right? Um, But it's still even happening. I'm like, holy fuck, they actually went there. Oh my God, this is exciting. But then the next thought was like, okay, so is just everything going to blink out of existence? And then my theory as we were watching was that we next season was going to be a mirror universe. Yeah. And that's why there was that Easter egg, you know, just the that's not a terrible idea no. right it would be interesting it would be just as interesting as like you know a year of a or a season of apocalypse um but yeah that that transition into like how exactly the universe is gonna end and it's more along the lines of like what we know in the real world of like how the universe will end which is like one of the theories is you know heat death one of the, you know it's all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff it's the universe is expanding ever increasingly at a rate and so eventually it's yeah. just going to expand out into nothingness and slash or you know within x number million of ye- millions of billions of years our sun is gonna like explode and engulf the earth and blah 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 blah. like it's Side all note. that stuff right so like mm-hmm. it instantly goes to night yeah what we think is night true so what if because it takes eight minutes mm-hmm for light from the sun to travel to earth yeah so for eight minutes like right now as we're speaking the sun could have all of a sudden just gone out of existence yeah and we wouldn't know for eight minutes yeah right it's that kind of thing so anyways yeah um when i Go was ahead. seven <laughs> when i was seven um i found out about that the sun was going to explode one no, day oh, and no. i was really horrified about oh. this and poor me, baby sally me and two of my friends who sat at the same table mm-hmm. um we're like, we have to stop this. When we grow up, we're going to make a plan. We are going to build a spaceship that will withstand the sun exploding. That and we like so made a pact. Oh and then God. one of them I went to high school with and we're like still acquaintances. And yes. one of them went to a different high school and I ran into him no at um, the Starbucks where I worked um, when I was 19. That's so crazy. I was working and I was like, oh my God, hey Dylan, like remember like 
when we were in grade two together and he was like I don't remember you at all oh my god and I, I was, was just like but we had this plan and he was like I don't remember you sorry do you know what's really funny to make you to make you feel better mm-hmm. um I was him in a in a situation recently <laughs> where I was at my store and someone came in and they were ordering and then all of a sudden they were like because I had my name tag on yeah. right they were like Kira Metcalf and like I did that thing where it's like you hear someone else say your last name yeah and it's like fucking creepy so like instantly I was like uncomfortable I was like yeah and she was like so and so Parkdale Public and I was like oh cool or like I don't even think she said her name yeah and I was like wait what was your name because like I just have like just to play devil's advocate for this this guy Mm -hmm. I just have terrible long-term memory Mm mm-hmm like, 100%. Like, if I were to see a photo of her, like, when we were younger, then I would probably be like, oh, my God, you kind of thing. But, like, I just, like, I can't, like, no. But, Kira, we had a pact <laughs> that we were going to call each other when we were 18. Yeah. Nothing I... is sacred. <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. There's few places where I'm nihilist. And one of them is that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, I want to backtrack for a little yes, bit before okay. we continue, which is going back to it. Okay, so you were talking about like God actually using his God powers. Oh, yeah. What was your counterpoint to that? Oh, my counterpoint was just that like initially I was like, ooh, they really went there. And then like my thought was like, oh, no, they didn't go as far as they could have. That was my only like counterpoint that I was like, oh, okay. yeah, they really like use the god powers to like the maximum that they could have and then i was like no no they did not use them to the maximum that they could have was an example like someone turning into like a fractal like i i like i mean like like bizarre like i mean like they didn't go like so you're more talking about not so much like the the result as the representation yes yes um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, but I would say that that's more about a balance of storytelling, if yes. that makes sense, in, yeah. this, in the sense that just like how him explaining, which I, I hate to say it, I kind of understood him explaining the stupid gun and I hate myself for it <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, he, you know, and yeah. like even Cass being like, huh? It's that sort of thing of where, like, if we were to actually see mm-hmm. how, which also wouldn't make any sense, because then my first question would be like, but wait a minute, that's not so, something that's supposed to be in our perception as humans. We're not supposed to be able to perceive that. Yes. That's the whole point. Yes. Because if you're talking about higher dimensions, which is basically what you're talking yes. about, is higher slash lower dimensions, because in terms of, like, flatland and all that kind of stuff, it all circles back. Talk about infinity and the Oberos. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Success. It just only took a season. Um, <laughs> it It's stuff that's beyond. It's just like birds that can see ultraviolet light. Right? Yeah. We can't perceive that. Or echolocation in bats. It's just beyond our re- realm of experience. Yes. Right? So it would almost... You know, it, it, would, it would need to be done in a specific way. Like, have you seen Doctor Strange? Yes. Marvel. Okay, so like, you know, and spoilers for listeners, but I'm sure you guys have seen it. Um, there is a, but to kind of explain it, there is a moment where he's taken out of his body astrally. Yeah. And he's just pummeled through all the dimensions and everything. And you see the fractals, you see all these different shapes and like it's super weird and talk about LSD trip. 
very much so. But there's an impetus for that, for seeing yeah. that, for seeing what we can imagine as the yeah. representation of that as far as our perception goes. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I, I know, I'm not like I suggesting know, I know. that they do that. I, just, I am. I mean, like, or, or like, but I just I'm not think saying that it wouldn't have fit this yeah, episode. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying that like, I know how they would have fit it in, <laughs> right, right, you know, right, right. or that I have an it idea for how cool. to, it yeah. was just more that like my initial assessment of like, oh yeah, they maxed out the God stuff. Yes. Was like, I maybe want to reel that back in. No. And see, there's, there's still I don't, room to go bigger. Yes, but in terms of like result. Yeah. In terms of like the end result. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that ending existence was pretty much the max out of God power. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, really. True, like true. like to, to like not sell your observation short. You know, because I feel like there's a difference. There's a difference in the result versus talking about representation. Yes, they could have pushed the representation a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that maybe they could be saving that. True. Because like I said, they opened the door with creating a visualization of the empty. Yes. Right? Yes. And so there's, there. I feel like there's t- definitely opportunity there. For sure. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I also love, like... The fact that, once again, being dead on Supernatural means absolutely nothing. Where I had a moment of like, oh no, Jack. But I wasn't really that sad because I was yeah, like... Yeah, no. Not really. I wasn't because, either. Well, I'm just like... A, I, was, I, yeah. like, I predicted it. Yes. And B... And I don't mean that in like a... I predict just like I kind of thought it might happen. Right. And then also... It makes for good storytelling. I like it when characters die because yeah. I'm a sadistic. Jerk. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I'm looking there for. There you go. Yeah, um, found it again. <laughs> but we are Chuck. But I did. That but is I the did, answer. Yeah, I did have like kind of regret and like, huh? Wonder how the show is going to get on without Jack. Right. And then I was like, oh, the show is going to oh, keep yeah, going yeah, yeah. with Jack. With Jack, like, exactly. Like he's going to uh, be in next season. Yeah. yeah. Just not in the capacity that we're used to. Yeah. But then again, it's that thing too where it's like, but I don't, like for a last season, mm-hmm. having to hash through Jack getting his soul back and the whole melodrama of Dean and Sam navigating forgiveness of him. I feel like with this opportunity, like we see an opportunity for it to end with more like, this is going to sound strange. This is, this okay, is what I'm going to okay. say is going to sound strange, but I hope it comes across properly. Where at the end of next season, it's going to be like, do you know what kid? Water under the bridge. Yeah. Look what we just went through. I have a prediction. Okay. An actual prediction. An actual prediction? I thought that on Iffy Podcast, we stopped making predictions after season 13. <sighs> so. Mm. We're back. Baby. My wild prediction. Okay. Mid-season finale. Okay. Or like somewhere around there. Right. The apocalypse gets resolved. Okay. In Either some way. in the mid-season finale or the mid-season premiere. Okay. And they've resolved the apocalypse. Okay. And 
They can all breathe a sigh of relief. And Jack comes back somehow. And Cass is happy. Finally. Oh, no. <laughs> Boo. Because I just remembered that yeah. loose end. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like on the one hand, that would be kind of like a letdown if that's like the story arc for the last little bit. But at mm. the same time, they they left that little plot thread hanging and I assume they're going to pick it up and... I'm waiting for it. <laughs> so I actually have a, a, a an an extension of my theory about um, the empty and Billy trying to get Jack to become to take over oh, for Chuck, okay. right? Because mm-hmm. they're not happy with the the way things are going, and they yeah. know that it can change. And Billy's talked about okay, now sirens, calm the fuck down, okay? Wee-oo, Thank you. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Um. Billy's talked about cosmic consequences and all that kind of stuff, right? And so she ha- obviously has some sort of line into it. And I feel like you can I, either you can fact check me on this or our, one of our listeners, um, our lovely listeners, do work for us, uh, can. But my recollection is that OG Death talked about how he existed before God. So... You're talking about foundational energy. You're talking about, and even the empty, I think, also might have. Who knows? I don't remember. Um, it's possible. So you're talking about two cosmic entities that one at least is older or has the knowledge of uh, uh, an entity that's older than God. Yeah. So they know more about what the sitch actually is. Right, mm-hmm. and it could very much be what you're talking about. Where you know, it's the what? What were you saying with the ag- agnostic thing? Gnostic, gnostic. Sorry, um, that there's uh, the demiurge, which demiurge. I believe created the world and right. is like sort of god. And then there's, there's the, the main god of love that's right. like more powerful. So, what's the name of that one? I don't remember. You can't remember? Okay, I'll end up looking it up because I'm I'm really like holding on to this theory. But the thing that I left out when we were talking about last time or, or we didn't get to was bringing it real back to a loose thread from last season, which was the vision that Cass had. From oh, Jack yeah. Oh. Of a paradise of, a, of or, or whatever Cass would perceive as a paradise, which could just be the rule of a loving, non-sadistic God. Of a neutral God. Right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe this is the way we come to the fruition of that prophecy. Hmm. And so that's one theory. My- also, the God is called the Monad. The Monad. Which means the one. Oh, interesting. Like Neo. The one. You are the one, Neo. Oh, it's like my, it's my favorite. It's my, oh, I love it so much. Can't go wrong with Plato's cave. Right. Also, um, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry. I feel like I've talked a lot this episode. But then again, I feel like that every episode. And you I think say, we just have to lean into I it know. that we both talk a lot. It's true. But no, but I feel like I'm stealing time from you. But you're not because okay. if I want to talk, then you'll I'll talk. jump in and I'll talk. <laughs> it's true. Or I'll like glare at you and be like, <clears throat> or I'll put my hand up a whole bunch because that's how we communicate is we put our <laughs> hands up 
like polite kindergartners. Yes. Hearkening back to and kind of riffing off your whole discussion about the extent of God powers and combining that with the metafiction in this episode, it made me think about this concept in the art world called self-insertion, right? Where the artist Mm -hmm. in like say a medieval or renaissance painting like of a like scene or a landscape or whatever would insert themselves as one of the I thought you were going to sneeze. No, I'm sorry. I just yawned. <laughs> uh, um, in t- as one of the people in the painting, mm-hmm. right? Some are very innocuous. It's just like an eye over a shoulder or something, you know, and some are more obvious. And so we've been talking a lot about, you know, crisis of faith, the problem of evil, all kind of stuff. I think that this episode is talking about the problem of self-insertion when you have too much invested into your own creation huh. right um and i can totally not necessarily relate to it just because of what i write and like how i write i can't say for certain yet in my career as a writer that i can relate to it but i've seen it i've seen that aspect or even as a consumer because now we're all what they call prosumers, which is producers slash consumers mm-hmm. even us right now this podcast you guys listening to this podcast going on Tumblr, creating fan fiction, all that kind of stuff, you're being a prosumer, right? So it's a different relationship, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of self-insertion. And when there's a lot of self-insertion, expectations run high. And so I'm just coming to this realization as I'm saying it. Basically, what I'm coming to the conclusion of is that this was the complete rebuttal of season 13's finale ah. because season 13 was all about wrapping up these loose ends all about yeah. like the writer like oh we're gonna just paint this canvas with all of me you know it was that very much like all hands on deck kind yeah. of thing right too many hands yes. on deck well also i feel like it was like just to just to go full force with the criticism when we got to the end like i feel like it was um self-indulgent like exactly, it, it was which is it was just like Ooh, we're just gonna we're just gonna yeah. do this thing we're just gonna like it's like okay here's the wish list of what we how we want to end this storyline or what we want to wrap up um so and so saying we can only do two but fuck it let's do all of them yeah it's like excess it's all of that yeah right it's true voyeurism to me like it's 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 about hitting all of the points. Yeah. In a well, way. it's like Jensen's comment where he was like, there's lines that I've been waiting like 10 right. seasons. And it's like, those weren't good lines. Yes. Like, it was just like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool if Dean said yes to Michael after all these years? Like, yes. And it's like, no. No. Uh, but also, too, it's that thing where it's just about lack of follow through. Yeah. Which is what Chuck was doing this episode. Yeah. He, like, the episode itself had follow through and this whole season did, but Chuck didn't. Yeah. Because he wasn't being what we saw of him at all. Yeah. Well, what was he even doing? But that's the point. Like, what does he and want? That's exactly what we said yeah. about the latter half of season 13. Yeah. It's like, 
what just happened? Like, I remember our reaction, mm-hmm. you know, b- beyond the ov- obvious, like, uh, um, physical or aesthetic stuff that we had issues with. Just story-wise, yeah. we were like, where did that come from? And not in the good way. Yeah. Like we just had. Yes. Because there's, you know, there's where did that come from? And then there's where did that come yeah. from? You know, like there's, it's very different. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different. Yeah. So I find that really interesting that it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's turning the writer, the writer initially at the end of season five was the hero. Yeah. He was the one saying, look at this. It's all about family. And here's the characters doing exactly what we, we audience and author want them to do. We are on the same team. Fast forward X number of seasons later. 10, 11 seasons later, and it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I don't want this. I don't want this. Right? You don't want this. And then we're sitting there like, what? <laughs> like, what's, that's not you. What's going on? And it's just like, it's, I, it's that kind of like tired trope of the like kind of over it writer, like yeah. over the hill. Like, yeah, you've passed your prime. You need to, you need to stop now. <laughs> Well, I feel like it's also transitioning from, which is funny, but it's transitioning from the writer and consumer as honorable. Yes. And um, having an emotional connection with the story Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, writing things as they should be. Mm -hmm. It's the transition from that to the writer and viewer being sadistic voyeurs. Yes. Um, yeah. And we, we say, say it all the time. We've even said it in reference to this episode of just like, I just do it, do it, do it. Yeah. I want to see Jack die. Yeah. Kind of oh, thing, I know. You 100%. Know? It's a, I'm like. No, but like it's that, it is that thing. Like I had a moment. I, I wish I could remember when it was in the episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe you did too uh, at some point. But I had a moment where I was just like, fuck, Chuck is us in this episode, isn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, and and the best parts are when they cry. Uh, It's true though, and it's just like (laughs) it 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 does kind of like it's that thing where now I want to go back and watch every instance of seeing like Chuck as both Prophet Chuck and like God Chuck as we've seen him before because I feel like now you would watch those things and be like, no, you were always a fucking dick. What a we cruel just like capricious God yeah, he is. Yeah, exactly. We just liked what we heard before yeah. because we could identify it with the best versions of how we responded mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. yeah. And even further on a meta level, it's like, what are we doing right now? It's like, I enjoy being called out yes. for being sadistic. 100%. It's like, it's this whole thing where it's like, the first level is you experience the catharsis yes. of experiencing the pain and suffering of the character on the show. Yeah. And then there's this double level mm-hmm. of enjoying mm-hmm. the guilt yes. of being aware that your enjoyment of the catharsis is sadistic. Oh, God, I feel like Freud would have a field day on this. Yes. <laughs> he would. He would. Uh, oh, Freud. But it's just, it's, there's so many layers where I'm yes. like, ooh, they're calling me out. I love it. Yes, like- it is. And it's, it is, um, not to get super tech, I feel like we've already gotten pretty technical about it, but um, it is 
postmodernism. Yes. Like that's what it is. It's it's this kind of like call for being called out. It's this this kind of um acknowledgement that nothing's original. So if nothing's original, it might as well be interesting. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. And so speaking of being interesting, I wonder if I I hate I hate saying this. Oh god, I hate saying this. Say it, say it, say it. And it's not the first time I've said it. And I feel like you've echoed this. Supernatural, except for ironically enough, I feel like this episode isn't what we would call high art. No. Oh, which no. is what I like about it. Yes. Right? Which is incredibly ironic because all of the tropes that it uses, like in this episode, were once only employed by higher art. So we're actually seeing the the perpetuation of higher art forms trickling down to quote unquote lowbrow culture. Yeah. Or lowbrow culture products. Yeah. Well, like, I love low culture. Like, I yes. will, th- that is the hill I will die on. Pop 100%. music, shitty movies, like, I am so there for that. And what ends up happening is exactly what you just said, that, you know, like, you can be like, oh, Britney Spears, mainstream, you know, simplistic song structure, whatever, it's over-edited, over-produced, but it's like, you can't deny that she's a fantastic dancer. And the people writing songs for her are writing a specific type of song. Yes. But it is a skillfully written pop song that you can't get out of your head. Exactly. It does what it is intended to do. Yeah. And while you were talking about that, what it immediately made me think of was Van Halen. And a quote I read about Van Halen um, from a book by Chuck Klosterman, who I love. Yes. um, Where he's talking about the fact that like, People's kind of shit on David Lee Roth, who's the lead singer. Yes. And people love Eddie Van Halen, the guitarist, because mm-hmm. he just revolutionized electric guitar playing, classically trained. He's yeah. just like this insane virtuoso. Um, and he had this comment about how the band was only successful because of the two of them together. together. Because David Lee Roth just wanted to sing about boobs. Yes. And Eddie Van Halen just wanted to like do crazy virtuoso shit. Mm-hmm that would have been totally unlistenable. Um, So having the two of them to like rein each other in and fight off of each other is what produced Van Halen that like no one is arguing that Van Halen is high art or like, but they're much, they're, they're successful and they're like an excellent band to listen to because they have, they have this combination of, of insane skill in like, a lowbrow pop music package. Yes, but also too, there's that thing of like, um, which is basically what you were saying about uh, Britney Spears in a certain way, which is just like there is a uniqueness to them that gets buried when as soon as they're labeled as mainstream. Yeah. As an example, Britney's made fun of a lot of her singing style. But when someone like Ariana Grande does an impression of her, you recognize it you right away. Know it. Yeah. And so there's a uniqueness to it. And it might be not what's like classically accepted as good vocalization. Mm-hmm. It works yeah. for what it is. And the same thing with Van Halen where it's just like, yeah, you can lump them into like all the other like glam slash hair metal, right? Mm-hmm. Or ha- like hard rock or whatever yeah. the hell you would want to call it. But... When you say Van Halen, I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about right away. 
You know, like I start, you know, l- hearing she's my cherry pie. That's in actually my- Warrant. Damn it. I knew you're- I knew it was going to be the wrong band. Uh, Van Halen did Jump. Thank that you. Was okay. One. Yes. Yes. But nonetheless, yes, they're part of this. This kind of makes my argument of uniqueness fail. But in the sense of, okay, the second you say Jump, I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Now I see. I yeah. see it. But there's like this thing about there there's uniqueness in that kind of like mainstream thing but also too to me there's a big difference between mainstream and lowbrow yes lowbrow is um your b movies lowbrow is jerry springer lowbrow is um the things the aspects of culture in a particular time that are viewed as guilty pleasures and slash or subservient to mainstream and high culture yeah i think that like because there are lots of people who consider supernatural a guilty pleasure and that's my point um that's why we talk about you know them hearkening to mainstream audiences but that's for ratings purposes but there is that sense of it being a guilty pleasure because it's very much almost like a soap opera it's a little bit melodramatic it's not it but it's also genre defying and that's what makes it better than other shows yeah. and it also in its takes genre. skill to make good exactly brow art that's the and that's that's the point yeah. right and i don't know like i feel like you kind of said it but like i have a very singular reason why i will always be attached to lowbrow art in some form or another and that's just the simple fact and this is going to sound elitist and pretentious but i don't fucking care when shakespeare's plays were first produced and when Shakespeare was living and were making his art, right, mm-hmm. what we consider as highbrow art now, it was considered popular culture. Oh, and it for it was sure, considered I mean, lowbrow. If you if you watch Shakespeare's comedies, yes, it's like it's slaps. It's it's, it's our basis yeah. for slapstick comedy. Yeah. But yet, because of the way it's been, um, put on a pedestal over yeah. time, and because the language is so, um. Uh, old timey old timey <laughs> compared to ours yeah we look at it as being it's yeah. othered it, for lack of yeah. a better oh, way yeah. of, of, of phrasing it which is a terrible way of phrasing it because it's a white man creating it but whatever um it's you know it's as an art form it's yeah. been othered right um because when people hear about it and they don't either they didn't get an english degree slash like haven't read shakespeare's plays and therefore don't know how to decipher mm-hmm. that you know shakespeare language they miss all of that. They miss the fact that if you were to watch and actually like take in one of my favorites, which is um, uh, Measure for Measure, mm-hmm. that's your rom-com right there. Oh, yeah. That's that's your standard. That's every rom-com that has existed since is based on Measure for Measure. For sure. Yeah. And, and many others. But, and you then know. you have the ones that actually are. Like, 10 Things I Hate About exactly. You. And She's the Man. But that's Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, I know, but I'm... Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. Or She's the Man is Twelfth Night. Yes, um, the other one. Yeah, yeah. The, um, um, 10 Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, but they're so... The Lion King. Translatable, yeah. Hamlet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing, is, like, a lot of people are like, what? It's like, yes, like, that's... Where do you think a lot of, like, you know, you take... If you're talking about English canon, if you're talking mm-hmm. about canonizing uh, um, a time and culture, 
whatever you put on a pedestal is going to bleed through to everything else. Yeah. It's just one of those things. And, you know, it, the creation of Supernatural, and I feel like we can talk about this more now because we're talking, we're going into the end of it. We're going into the last stretch, yeah. right? And it's like, I've been noticing more and more now, and I don't know about you um, or our listeners, if it, all of these creators that I'm, you know, devouring their work or whatever, people that have like really kind of like come up and shone over the last five years or so are fans. They're yes. millennials. They're people that grew up with the internet at some point in their life. And... They are creators for creators. They are the ultimate prosumer. Yeah. Right? So so is slash was Eric Kripke. 100%. He took Star Wars. He took insert other, like all the other. Horror movies. Yeah, horror movies. Gothic. Gothic books, literature. Like all, all of it. Stuff. All of it. All of this mythos mm-hmm. uh, of um, fandom and created something out of it. So Supernatural is very much like an example of that trend, but 14 years early. Yeah. Right? In a sense. And I think that that's what made it work because at the time that it came out, there was nothing like it. Yeah. Really. Um, when you talk about valuing the, you know, echelons of creation, right? Yeah. The echelons of, of art, if you will. Mm-hmm. Not to mix uh, religious language with <laughs> all this <laughs> It all bleeds into one at some point, right? This is true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like he he based it on like the X-Files and Buffy Yes, too. exactly. Yeah. It all it all bled into bled into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a reason right, why right now, like the novel that I'm working on, I, you know, I, I, ha- I have Isla Fisher cast as the main character. Like, you know, because it's like you kind of like, I don't know about you in terms of how you write, but... I'm a visual writer. Yeah. I write because I primarily, I write the way that I consume, which is primarily through visual mediums. You know? So it's like, it's it's all, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway. No, I get it. I feel like I partially because. You read a lot more than me, I will say. Of fan fiction. That doesn't matter. I know, but you I... You still read words yes, on a page. But I consume it wildly differently um, than I consume normal books. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because there's still a big difference between fan fiction and visual mediums. Yes, this is true. No matter what you're consuming, what you're producing. Yeah. That's the point I'm making. It yes. doesn't matter because then, then that would be like... That would... That would... Uh, uh, then make it where it's like, oh, if I continue reading Harry Potter, I can't write my crime fiction book. Yeah. It's just genre. Yeah. But the medium in which you're yeah. consuming is the same. Yeah. I think that... Um, you're selling yourself short yet again. We have very different writing styles because I think I'm actually an auditory person um, mm-hmm. because I tend to... My writing style is very much based in people's internal monologues. Um, and I really struggle with like descript descript like I don't right. have a lot of description mm-hmm. in my stuff. I struggle with description because too. I'm not viewing it visually. I'm yes. viewing it as an internal monologue. Yes. Um, and I think that's true in general. Like I am a very just like auditory person mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
And see, okay, maybe, uh, yeah, it's one of those things too where it's just like, I even say like, oh, okay, I'm a visual writer, but I'm also not mm-hmm. in the sense that I more mean like story and plot wise, I'm more familiar with cinema and TV uh, yeah. than, so more about format and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. rather than like, which is why like given the option to write chap to write scenes in chapters, I'm like, that's it. That's what works for me. Yeah. That's what, you know, um, makes it easy for me to create, right? Yeah. Because there's scenes in the chapters of a TV show, right? An episode is a chapter. Mm-hmm. They can kind of like yeah. map it out better that way. And I'm just like, oh, great. So the crushing weight of writing, you know, whatever, 100,000 words ah. isn't as um, debilitating when you break it down that way. Yeah. Right? It's one of those things. Sorry, we went right off topic. That is a-okay. <laughs> um, just to bring it back to the very end okay. of the episode. As Chuck says, okay, it's the end. Okay, it's the end. <sighs> um, I feel like we're allowed to go late today because it's the, oh, yeah, the no. finale episode. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, let's just give her. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like how many times can I say this? I was not expecting the ending whatsoever. And at what point were you like, whoa, I when it went this. dark okay. and so when, when started like, to shake. Okay. Okay. Um, because up until that point, I had been really, really into it. Like I was loving the episode. Right. Um, but where it seemed like they were going with it, to me, it, it had a lot of season 11 vibes. Yes. And I, I was like, huh, interesting. It looks like they're going towards another, like, oh, oh, silly Sally. I was like, oh, it looks like they're going for, like, another, like, smaller scale emotional finale. Oh. Where, like, not <laughs> a lot happens. <laughs> like, I was uh. like, oh, like, basically, as soon as, like, Dean dropped the gun, I was like, oh, it's, like, going right. to be this emotional thing and, like, What's going to happen? They're going to yell at each other. They're going to work out their issues. Like, but clearly because I was so stuck in like Jack is the villain. Yes. So I was like, okay, how are they going to resolve the conflict? The conflict being that Jack is evil. Right. Um, And then you had the whole thing with like him and Cass hugging, which was beautiful and wonderful. And I want to live in that moment. Actually, I want to be in the middle. Not in a sexy way, just in like an no, upbeat, nice totally. way. Um, oh God, I can't believe I said I wanted to hug Chuck. I know, right? Shame on you. Shame. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Shame. Ding, ding, ding. But like, it seemed like it was going towards this like, oh, we can re- like we can resolve this situation. Oh, we're going to hug Jack. Like, And honestly, my thought was like, oh. Is Cass happy now? Now that like they've found Jack and they're hugging? Like maybe that'll be the thing that happens at the end. I don't know. So I was I was really my brain was like, oh, not much is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Jer- uh, Jared and then Sam shot God. Yeah. And got S- shot. Yeah. So like it was great because the episode was so good. Yes. And like emotional and, and like yes. small scale. And yeah. then it was just like curveball. Yeah. Yes. It was good. Um, 
feel like I had something else to say and I totally lost it already. Oh, one thing from earlier in the episode that we have avoided, which is weird because we both loved the moment. Talk about subverting expectation Mm -hmm. was when the gun was presented to them and Dean was like, this is going to happen. And Cass was like, no, it's not. And then Dean was like, if if you're not in it, walk away. And it happened. Cass like turned around and walked away so quickly that I was like, wait, did he just walk away? <laughs> and he did. did. Oh, oh, and then and, the where he hit the car. That yes. was great, too. That was sexy, too. Exactly. It was all sexy. Yeah, it was all very sexy. Uh, another thing I another thing that I really <laughs> I kind of wanted to happen mm-hmm. a little bit of Dustiel wish yeah. fulfillment was I really wanted Cass and Dean to interact when they when he had to tell the truth. That's the first thing I thought of. And then when they showed the anchors on TV mm-hmm. and the other anchor professed his love for the blonde chick, I was like, like I love it. We know it's not going to happen. I don't care. I don't care either. I don't care. I, I really don't care. Oh, man. I forgot. The president stuff. Oh, oh, it was just that was so good. They've was, gotten so good at like the little political yeah, digs. Yeah. It oh, was it's so great. Awesome. Um, Spent two hours talking. <laughs> uh, so what I loved about this episode, from a Destiel perspective, right, was the return the of tension, tension and them staring at each other with Sam just kind of like blurry in the background yeah. and their faces are like right beside each other and they're just like staring I, and Do you know glaring. what? I legit, and I'm sure we'll find it on Tumblr after this, um, I want to see a side by side of like the first, like one of the first instances of that. Yeah. Because I swear it's like oh. the, it, the shot is exactly They use the, the shot same. all the time. It's the destial sexual tension shot. No, but I mean the one with Sam oh, in the background. Yeah, like yeah. that's been used before for yeah. sure. Um, but like the resolution at the, like, and this is what I'm always like ever since last season finale where it's like you have to have a good reason but that's the thing and this episode was full of good reasons yes because at the beginning of the episode you have like this huge rift between dean and cass yeah cass walks away he's like i'm not helping you yeah they yell at each other like he goes to help the person that sam and dean are gonna kill and dean can't kill jack and like nothing explicit happens but by the end of the episode Cass and dean are fully back to being on the same team like there is zero lingering like yes tension anger between the two of them because through concrete situations that are good reasons yes they have like that has dissolved yeah um so now we get to go into this season with them once more fighting side by side and being in love exactly well and also too we can thank jack for that yeah because if jack chose to take an antagonistic villain Mm -hmm. full darth vader kind of approach to things he wouldn't have gotten cast out of the way and he wouldn't have got down on his knees ready to be executed so like that's that's the 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 straw that broke the camel's back and then Mm -hmm. dean not 
being able to go through with it is the other aspect because then it's like it's that thing of like he was still able to like go along with his wishes if you will like he was able to like follow his instincts but his instincts were proved wrong. Yeah. And he and came around insti- exactly. on his own. And with good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to, oh no, I better say yes to Michael because Sam is in danger. What's new? Like. And we're going to get this weird resolution of killing Lucifer. But it's not going to mean anything because then maybe he's going to come back. But no, he hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't have a single complaint about this episode. This is like the best I've felt about a season finale. Yes. Possibly since, since. Season 12. That, yeah, yeah. Season 12 had a really good season finale. Yes. Um, and... Whatever the one where Dean becomes a demon at the end. Yes. That one was really good. Uh, end of season eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or no, end of season nine. Because Demon Dean season 10. Beginning of season yes. 10. Yes. Um, but like, uh, they've had some good ones. Now that they I'm thinking a, back. No, but there's that thing too where it's again, it's it's about that. It's about the flavor. Yeah. It's and about this flavor is different. It's very different. And it feels like... You know, and and you can argue that some of that comes from the fact that we know that next season's going to be it. And so it does, as much as you might not want to admit it, it does create the expectation of follow through. It, oh, it yeah. creates the expectation well, that we're going to go there. I expect them to follow through. Like, right. I expect it's just them the how. to be good. I just am like, you blew me away. And so, so like, let's just go on know. this ride. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure whatever you do will be good. Yes. This is this was the second last finale of a show that I've been that I've been watching since 2005. Oh boy. That's insane. Yep. I was 14. The age of probably most of our listeners. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not true. I know that's uh, not true. It's insane. Yep. So cool. I'm like I I've I've run out of steam. Oh yeah, no, I have too. We both have for sure. I'm like I don't know how to talk anymore. I don't know how to <laughs> so be. Okay, we, I think we did it. Okay, we did it. Okay. So guys, we have a very special episode coming for you next week. Um, although we're officially on our little two week hiatus, uh, next week you will get a new podcast, and it is. Draft day. Yes. It's our SPN fantasy draft. So we do a fantasy draft for the series finale. Which, you know what? I'm really glad that we're not Supernatural writers. <laughs> because thinking about both of our <laughs> ideas for the series finale, I'm just like, do you know what? hot no. damn, they're doing a way better job than I. Uh, hey, speak for yourself. All right. They're doing a <laughs> way better job than I would. I would be crap at Yeah. That. Because I made the better first choice. My first draft pick was better. You guys will see. Anyways, that's a little teaser for you to get excited. Um, and then after that, we'll have a week at least where there is no new episode. And then just uh, look us up on our social mm-hmm. and we'll probably post some sort of info on 
what our plans are for the summer because we don't know yet. <laughs> nope. If you guys want anything, yes. if you want us to do anything, let us know. Let us know. We will literally talk about anything, anything. on the internet. Yes. If you want it. Yeah. So like. Exactly. I feel like there's probably some limits, but like, do you know what? Push those limits yeah. because you yeah. never know. Yeah. <laughs> So this has been It's Funnier in Anokian Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are sold, except for Spotify. Exactly. And you can find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, at Ify Podcast. That's I-F-I-E Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>